Don't miss any of our Survivor 35 coverage by subscribing to the podcast here at the start of the season. You can get it on iTunes at robhasawebsite.com slash iTunes. And we do appreciate all your feedback and star ratings here at the start of the season. You're the real heroes. Robhasawebsite.com slash iTunes. The smartest guys around are about to break it down like they won the game a million times. Well, actually, they didn't really win the game at all. Survivor, no way to That's right. The Survivor Know-It-Alls are back here in Survivor 35. Stephen Fishback, wow. can you believe it? I can't believe it, Rob. This is su- this is a, obviously exciting to get back into uh, Survivor. This is a particularly momentous episode for us, Rob. This is 10 seasons of the yes. Survivor Know-It-Alls. Five years, 10 seasons. We started with, as fans may remember, in uh, Survivor seasons. Philippines. Five so years. I'm just so excited to see all of the great special guests you have tonight, all the fun surprises. I just know you've planned something big and epic for this episode of the Know-It-Alls, and I can't wait to see what it yes. is. Yes, okay. Well, stay tuned for that, Steven. <laughs> stay tuned for yeah. all of the exciting guests and clips that will roll out along the way. <laughs> anyway, uh, Stephen, great to see you here tonight. It's been a minute. I think it's actually been a month since we did the last Game of Thrones podcast this summer yeah. on Post Show Recap. So happy Survivor Day to you, Steve. Steven. Yeah, this is great. I, I'm a basically a shut-in, so all of my social life comes through podcasting. Okay, well, very excited to get into everything here tonight after the premiere of Survivor Heroes versus Healers versus Hustlers. We are live, as we will be every week here on RobHasAWebsite.com as we kick off the Survivor season. Hashtag RHAP will take your questions later on in this show. And this is the beginning of a very busy week. I will have on the podcast, on our recap episode, the great winner of Survivor Africa, Ethan Zahn, will be my guest for the premiere interview of the new Survivor season, Stephen. Your friend I really mine, look Ethan forward Zahn. to uh, Ethan's complaining about how things are easier now than they used to be. Yes, yes. Okay, well, it wasn't so easy tonight. We had people throwing up, so uh, we'll have a lot to get into. Of course, I will have my exit interview with Katrina, who uh, did not, you know, this was this very sad night for Katrina, but, but you don't even have to wait until I, I talk to her. Josh Wiggler is going to have the latest edition of First One Out, his ongoing series. Stephen, did you follow all that? Yeah, it was fantastic. I loved it. Yeah, great job by Josh Wiggler and a supersized final edition of First One Out. Uh, it should be dropping uh, very, very soon. I think that Josh already has the link. If you follow him on Twitter, he is at Round Howard. And also, uh, Taryn Armstrong will join me on the voicemail show this week. You can get your voicemails in all season long at robhasawebsite.com slash voicemail. Stephen, before we get into tonight's uh, recap, I also, that uh, a lot of people check out during the summer may not know that we have some live show dates coming up.
coming up this season. Oh, and, we got uh, a lot. This is this is a big season for us. All right, ten uh, ten seasons, Rob. Five yes, years. Ten, this is the five year anniversary <laughs> tour for Stephen and I this season. Anyway, let me, me give you the uh, the quick link. Rob has a website dot com slash events. You can click on events at the top of Rob has website dot com for everything that I'm going to tell you real quick right now. But next Thursday night, I will be at the Hollywood Improv for the Survivor Match Game. We've got a really great panel there. Uh, Zeke. David Wright, Aubrey, Hannah, Aris, uh, the Mayo Jar. We're going to be playing the match game live at the Hollywood Improv next Thursday night. Stephen and I are going to be in Reno on October 18th as part of Jason Somerville's Run It Up Reno. We'll be back in New York on November 6th if you want to come out and be a part of our New York know-it-alls. And then also Austin, Texas on December 6th. So you can find out more information everywhere at robhaswebsite.com slash events. How about that, Stephen? I'm so excited because Austin, Texas means we're finally going to get Joe Dowdle on the podcast. I really cannot wait. Finally, I've been waiting. It's on my bucket list. Can't wait for Joe Daddle. Steven, so first of all, okay, big picture. What do you think about the premiere? I like this premiere. Okay, and that sounded like tentative a little bit. But I, I liked it because, because almost because for like the last two seasons have been so over-the-top crazy. You know, that Game Changers pre-merge was just like bananas. Uh, the Millennials tribe on, 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 you know, Millennials versus Gen X, they were out of the gate nuts. This was a little bit slower paced, and to a certain degree, I kind of liked it. it. There's something really exciting that I find about seeing new people step onto that beach and discover the game for themselves. And I just, I, I love that. I love that. I have the vicarious memories of it, but it's just fun to watch. What, what do you think? So I really like this cast. They've been a lot of fun to follow all preseason, and I felt like that we were really excited about 45 minutes into this episode. I really thought that the Hustlers were going to be a total disaster. I completely expected them to be going to this tribal council. Turns out that surprise the heroes are going to this tribal council but then even with this very combustible element of this secret super powered day one idol in play thought that we had sort of like a pretty ho-hum tribal council and ultimately katrina on an episode where i i was blindsided that it was her i felt like that it was not going to be her just based on edgic alone in terms of she did not have a lot of screen time and she's somebody who is a very big personality based on the interviews that josh did with her i I felt like that overall, I thought it was a lackluster tribal council. I'm very excited, big picture, but I felt like that the uh, last like 10 minutes or so was a little bit of a letdown after all of the fireworks we had in the earlier parts of the episode. Well, and I think that really comes with it being new players. You know, you, you they are likely going to take the slightly safer choice. You know, returning players are going to like make the big explosive move partially because they think that's the more telegenic thing to do. And, you know, I, I mean, ultimately, I think, right, the question for us to discuss first and foremost is, did Chrissy did the, do the right thing by not playing her idol? I think yes. Well, I don't even know if she could. I think that that was a, a question that I had for you. Did she have the ability after the votes were read to stand up and then save her friend in the game? Because if yeah. she did have that ability, uh, how could you say that was a good move that she didn't save her one ally in the game? So I thought about this a lot. And my, my first instinct was this is the wrong move, Chrissy. You've got to save Katrina. She's, as you said, she's your one ally in this game. 
partially, I just wanted her to save Katrina. You know, I wanted that to happen. I wanted the big TV moment. I wanted that JP Ashley thing to like come apart. But think about it if you're Chrissy, right? Like, let's say you do save Katrina. Then basically what you're doing is you're pissing off all of the other members of your tribe and you're cementing your place in this like bottom two of outcasts that's already got a terrible nickname, the mom squad. By going along with the tribe, Chrissy is giving herself the chance to integrate. She's giving herself the chance to be an individual rather than like one of the mom squad. And like, look at this tribe. Like, I think Chrissy can feel pretty comfortable that something explosive is going to happen in the next couple of days. It's ready to burst. And like, this is only the first vote. And I think we often see that tribes will take a safe vote first. And then afterwards, they're more willing to play the game. Yeah, you make a good point in terms of Chrissy being able to pivot off of being the person who is in this mom squad. I guess this is like shades of like when Sari and was it Melinda that they were together? And then ultimately, once Melinda goes out of, out of there, then they can keep Sari around. It's like we can keep one mom around, but it's too much to keep two moms as part of this tribe. I just felt like that the show did not do a great job of explaining what the powers were. Because the traditional Tyler Perry idol, can it be played on another person after the votes are read? I was under the impression that it had to have been the person who gets voted out. They need to be holding it, not necessarily that you could play that idol, that super idol on a person after the votes are read. Is this sort of like the co-wrong version of the super idol? Oh, my understanding was that it was basically like an idol, but the only you could play it after the votes were read. And the only limitation was it could only be at that first tribal count. I didn't think it only had to be in for, for one person to play it. I mean, Ryan says to Devin, and granted he could be lying, that he can save Devin. I, I, my read of it was that it was like the standard, I can play this on anybody idle. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like that that is the case. I think that when I do my rewatch, I just want to make sure I have the instructions right because I don't want to be critical of somebody's strategic move and then... Uh, idiot doesn't understand the rules of how that the this particular idol is going to work. Steven, I want to float a theory past you and you tell me what you think. So we saw a lot of idol paranoia in this episode, both with Alan in the Heroes Tribe um, demanding that JP do a strip search, which we said, oh, what a crazy idea when Jeff Probst first brought that up with Haley Ford last season. These guys didn't even see that episode. They they were already playing uh, at the time that that episode aired here. So I don't know necessarily if there's just something in the zeitgeist in Fiji where they end up. That's an idea. But that being said, we also saw Joe and Mike with this. And, you know, last season we all like complained about uh, too many idols, too many advantages. These guys didn't even see advantage getting before they played. But I do feel like in some way that the invoice that has come due on that of Ty Trang finding all these idols pre-merge, that's like the last thing that they saw. They saw about five or six episodes of Survivor Game Changers before they went to go play this season so with so many idols being found in season 34 before these guys went to go play this season i think that that has ultimately created this idol paranoia where everybody now thinks everybody has an idol which is going to be an interesting thing to watch this season i mean do you think that's new like i got that right from from my tribe on episode on my first episode of cambodia like don't you think that's just kind of now the background noise of survival now granted what alan did he took it to a new level of paranoia. And I really wonder, like, is this just going to become standard survivor practice? Now you've got to, if you want to prove that you don't have the idol, you got, you got to take your clothes off. Let's hope. Let's hope. 
<laughs> we'll see. Everybody <laughs> just needs to play the game naked the entire time just yeah. to show everybody that they don't have any of the uh, hidden immunity idols. So did you feel like that the tribe ultimately uh, did make the right decision and getting rid of Katrina instead of somebody like Alan, who uh, really was a disruptive force in this episode? I mean, I think in this you need right this early. It probably is worth keeping like a really strong physical player. If you if you can skirt a few tribal councils, your tribe is likely going to get swapped around. I mean, what did you think? I'm, you know, laying out all my philosophies. You are a little more ambivalent about Chrissy's decision not to play the idol. I think that it's probably the right decision to keep Alan around in the early going. I mean, I really did not believe that the Heroes Tribe would go to a tribal council before the swap. So it just goes to show you how little I know about any of this. But I think that Alan is not long for this world. He just seemed like he was a really disruptive force that base. I mean, JP did this strip search and uh, <laughs> like got completely dropped trow and got naked. And it was like Alan still didn't believe yeah. him that he had the idol. So I, I don't know. Alan's eyes, though, are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that it is amazing that uh, he just gives these looks, which I'm sure that that will be, uh, you know, we will have uh, so many screenshots of uh, him looking at things as long as he's on the show. It was really amazing. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's probably not long for the show unless he can keep it together. I mean, there's some hope that, you know, part of what makes these first episodes so explosive and I, you know, I just saw this this tweet from Andy Dennard of Reality Blurred saying how every first episode people overplay. Part of the the reason is that they've just been cooped up for so long waiting to play. And, you know, these first few days uh, really can kind of get some of that excess energy out and calm things down. So I don't think it's, I don't, I haven't given up hope on Alan because he's such compelling television, but it does not look like he's in a great spot. Yeah, I mean, there is the chance that he is able, he's just running on adrenaline those first three days and he has like some sort of like a Holly Hoffman type settling in if he gets to day five, day six, and then getting some more patience in terms of not being so impulsive in the game. Um, JP and Ashley, in terms of being the power couple that was targeted, do you feel like that the survivors were right to worry about a couple getting together that early, Stephen? Or is this sort of old news on Survivor? Don't worry about those pairs of two. I, I thought actually like they were right, right? Like that was the thing about Alan. Like he was wrong about the idol and he obviously was way too paranoid, but he kind of was right about the things that he was assessing. You know, you, you, you disagree. I thought like you see JP and Ashley, they're all flirting all the time. You know, they created an alliance, uh, with, oh my God, cowboy, Ben, 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 Ben. Um, and then Ben kind of loops in Alan. Like, Alan was the fourth. He is correct about that. And so, like, for him to be a little paranoid, I think the problem came with his execution. Like, maybe be like, hey, those two really are flirty, instead of, you know, saying, like, drop your trousers. But you disagree. You're, you think that, that they... that. JP and Ashley are not a threat. Just in the way that Alan was talking about them, you know, it's funny that we had uh, confessionals that we had uh, JP and Ashley talking about like, yeah, we have us and then Ben and then Alan that he uh, can be with us as a fourth. Meanwhile, you had Alan giving confessionals of JP and Ashley. I know what they're all about. I'm going to end <laughs> them. I mean, they're over. I'm on to them. Yeah. And he just seemed like he like they're, they're talking about they want to work with him yeah. and he's talking about how oh, I got to destroy what they have going on can't let those two get together 
Yeah. And you're talking to somebody who was voted out of a six person tribe <laughs> because two people got together. Yeah. And I'm still saying, look, if they're willing to work with you, that's fine. Yeah. I, I, the problem is when they don't want to work with you. That's the problem. I do think that like you get the pro you get these ideas of what being on Survivor is and you come out of the gate so hot, like I'm going to scheme and I'm going to backstab. And it's really like very slow, especially at the beginning. It's a slow, long slog. And, you know, in that way, it's like it's almost good that they made the, the more traditional vote out with Katrina, right? Like that's the probably the smarter thing to do, right? I mean, they did play it very close to the vest. Uh, Stephen, I want to talk about the decision that uh, Sir Ryan Ulrich ended up making in this episode where he ends up finding the day one advantage, which is ultimately going to be this super idol. He doesn't get to play it for himself. He has to transfer it to somebody on the other tribe. He ends up uh, transferring it to Chrissy. I thought this was a pretty savvy move. Stephen. Yeah, definitely. Definitely the right decision to give it to Chrissy, uh, the person who you just saw you know, puking in the challenge. You can guess from that that she could be a target at the vote. And ultimately, his goal has to be, you know, keep the weak players around on the op- on the opposing tribes. Yeah, operating on almost no information yeah. that here is a person and this hero's tribe does look to be, uh, you know, even, you know, uh, well, Katrina is, uh, you know, a very good swimmer, but even uh, without her, they seem to be like really outgunning the especially the hustlers tribe who uh, seems like that in a physical challenge, they will be at a disadvantage. And so he's able to keep a potentially weak person in the game, at least again, with the little information that he has rather than if they were going to vote out one of the mom squad. Ultimately, they vote out the other person from the mom squad. But it was a 50-50 shot for for Ryan. Yeah, no, I thought he did the best he could with what he had. The, the thing that I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, which we go back and forth about, what did you think of his decision to share the information with Devin? I don't know. I, I didn't love it in terms of what he could do. You know, this day one idol... I guess that for him, that I guess what was the downside in terms right. of that? I mean, he it didn't seem like that Devin was going to be a guy who was going to run back and tell everybody what he had. And so I think he felt pretty safe. And this day one idol, it's almost like that when you are in a foreign country, you have like foreign money and it's like, it's only good when you're here. And so he had like this up until this first tribal council to use this thing, it was going to expire. And so I think he felt like, well, even if we don't go to tribal council, maybe I could just garner some goodwill out of this. Yeah, I think I think the same thing. I mean, we have gone back a lot, back and forth a lot about do you use it as a tool to build an alliance or is it in this new age of Survivor, is it more important to keep keep the idol secret because of that crazy paranoia that we're talking about? But I think with something like this specific idol, where there is that expiration, you know, the danger of the normal idol is that it could be played at any time in any tribal council for the whole season. But with this specific idol, because it can only be played once, it doesn't make Ryan a long-term threat, but it just gives him leverage to, as you're saying, share information with Devin and um, garner, garner some good well i thought it was uh it was good gameplay what was your overall night one impression for ryan i love it it's great there's nothing nothing negative to say what do you mean yeah no i'm (laughs) asking you a question it's not a leading question no i thought there was some you know what i the old my i came into the season a little skeptical about ryan because he said on your podcast um with him or with with, with on josh's interview with him that he didn't like shireen because shireen wasn't comforting enough to Abby. And of course, as having someone who's like, you know, also had to suffer the black hole of Abby, uh, you know, I, I 
know that there's no way to be comforting enough to Abby. So I was like, Ryan, you're in for a shock when you get out there. If Abby's there. Anyway. Get over it. <laughs> With me, your dad. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so he so, didn't know. He didn't. Yeah. He doesn't help. He that. didn't know. He didn't know. But no, I think that he had a great episode. What, what do you think? No, I thought that he was very fun, you know, especially in terms of finding the advantage. I thought he had a lot of good one-liners, so uh, I'm did enjoying he? Ryan so far. Is the turtleneck, do you think he chose that, or did casting choose that for him? I think that he chose it. I don't think they never put a turtleneck on anybody else before. Yeah, maybe, you know, mix things up a little bit. Yeah. So is that like a deliberate attempt to be to be like branded as the turtleneck guy, or is that is that a uh, is that like just protecting his neck? I feel like it's kind of bad luck. I mean, as a uh, Star Trek viewer, I feel like that to be the person that's out on the team in the red shirt, I feel like that that is a recipe for disaster, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I liked it. I, I hope he sticks around. I thought he was great. Yes, I was happy when he ultimately got that day one idol. I said, okay, good. Because I thought like he was definitely a candidate to be the first person out of the game if that group went to the Tribal Council. Do you think that the Hustlers will be able to continue uh, avoiding tribal council because to me they had the most potential to be the flame out tribe of this three yeah I, even like their strong guy was kind of like a goofball uh patrick right i mean uh I, no uh, yeah pa- patrick and devin oh and devin sure yeah i both both strong goofballs will they be able who knows who who, who can say i probably they'll, they'll end up a tribal council right like once in the next couple episodes you would think so. I mean, yeah. but I thought they were going to go to at least four uh, or three or four of these first tribal councils. So we'll see if they're able to uh, keep it together. I do feel like that in these three tribe seasons that there's a lot to momentum. And especially when they ultimately yeah. did not get fire in the first challenge and the other two tribes did. I felt like, OK, well, they're already at a disadvantage in terms of the makeup of this tribe. And now they didn't get fire. And now here's where things really end up going downhill. But I have to give them a lot of credit because they were able to. To, uh, pull out the win in that puzzle challenge. Well, the crazy thing about the puzzle the is that they were they were last to the maze and therefore picked the only the, the, the by far easiest one, right? They were like the first team, the heroes, right? Uh, who picked like the crazy maze, and then the hustlers picked the uh, just like the straight shot down. Like either you pick the one where you have to go all around the board, or you pick the straight. How do you not pick the straight shot? Well, I think that the issue was, and I have to go back and look at the puzzles, but I think that it, you couldn't fall off the the course Edges. with the right. with the hero version. So there was a lot oh. of opportunities to have the ball roll off with the obstacle maze or the straight shot. Oh, so there were, well, okay, I, I missed that then. There were like walls all the way a lot around the, the hero one. Right. It was like a longer course, but I don't think that your ball could have potentially just rolled off. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, just from our, the brief glance I got at it, it seemed like the hustler one was the obvious one to take. I mean, I get the, the fear of that precarious path, but, uh, uh, you know, that that certainly helped their dramatic come from behind victory. Speaking of a precarious path, I did really enjoy that they brought in the uh, Survivor Guatemala go-kart obstacle uh, once <laughs> yeah. again. I mean, that was great from uh, that season. I think that the, the, that was, um, you know, they did it when the teams were still tribes and uh, you had to like, uh, you know, cut the rope and then end up uh, crashing the car. Uh, really happy to see them bring that back. Do you think that's scary to jump in that little go-kart and hit the ball at Bale of Hay? Or? It's probably not that scary. 
Probably not that scary. Yeah. But, you know, maybe a little bit. Yeah. It's for a second. But I, oh, I think well, it's, that was the other thing I wanted okay. to applaud Ryan for is the, like, fi- seeing that thing in that crazy adrenaline of that, of that marooning. You know, that's a nutty moment. You know, you're, you're, all of your senses are just going haywire. The fact that he had the wherewithal to see that little clue when, you know, there was just so much chaos around him is really a testament to his uh, ability to exist in the moment. All right. Well, good job uh, again by Ryan finding that. Uh, see, I want to talk about another uh, big moment from the episode, and uh, this involves Dr. Mike, who was somebody else I was worried about potentially being a first boot in this season. And he is somebody who was a lot of fun to watch. He also was uh, on the hunt for an immunity idol that he got some advice from his 10-year-old son. Dad, make sure you look for the idol. And he did but we had Joe calling him out about his search for the idol. Luckily, he did not need to do a strip search uh, a la JP in this episode. But we had two really intense idol confrontations. Yeah. First of all, is it possible for like a pale guy with glasses to not get goofy music in the Survivor premiere? Like, like, is it? Can we just have like, you know, some people might find it inspiring that someone like, say, Mike or someone else what has the wherewithal to push himself outside of his means you're oh. going on a journey this season steven and they, they need to start you in this one place to in get this you goofy to someplace music. else by the end i want inspirational music when the pale spectacle guy goes goes off into the jungle by himself i find that moving mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so it was interesting. It was interesting. And I mean, I like both these characters, both Joe and Mike are some of my favorites of the season. Uh, I thought that Joe actually did a really good job in the way that he approached Mike. You know, he kind of sussed him out, but then he, he kind of tried to pitch it as a moment of respect. And then like, <laughs> I, I was sort of surprised by how badly like Mike handled that moment. He's like, okay, that's nice. And Joe was like, yeah, you know, I respect you. Maybe you respect me. And Mike was like, uh-huh. It seemed like, like I was, wa- I wanted Mike in that moment to find commonality with Joe and say, hey, you know, we're both players. Why don't we form an alliance? But it seemed like it, it more than anything, it irritated Mike. Uh, yeah. What do you think? I agree 100 percent. I feel like that Mike felt like that he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar because he was looking for the idol and Joe was accusing him of having the idol. And so that for Mike, I feel like that maybe the better way to handle that might have been to say, you know what? You're right. I was looking for the idol. I don't have it. Yeah, I was yeah. like, trust me. Like, I like here. I'll strip search. You know, whatever. Yeah, I don't have it. If, but let's let, let's work together on this. I, I think that you're you are absolutely right. That there was an opportunity there from that moment of confrontation, and I feel like that Mike just ended up uh, not handling that really great. And you know, certainly the contrast between the way Joe asks about the idol and the way Alan asks about the idol is a is a study in you know what to do versus what not to do. You like the Joe version better? Yeah, I thought Joe was great in that moment. Did you did you also think so? I thought that Joe was a little too intense. I felt like that he could yeah. have said what he was trying to say by saying less. Again, uh, Alan is the opposite of stream, uh, the extreme <laughs> right. of uh, you know he was he was tripping. You don't want to be tripping. Okay. Tripping is bad. That's all the yeah. way on one extreme. But I feel like that uh, somewhere between perfect and tripping lies Joe. <laughs> somewhere between perfect and tripping. That's actually the title of my autobiography. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, as Mike correctly pointed out, it doesn't matter if I have the idol or not. If they think I have right. the idol, this is almost as bad as if I actually had it and they knew about it. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a fun tribe. I like I like that that tribe a lot. 
Yeah. You know, you got the the guy with the abs. Cole. Cole. Yeah. He's, got, so, he's got abs. Yeah. The Healers Tribe yeah. seems like a, a pretty well-balanced group of the three. I feel like that was yeah. one thing I got right in the preseason. Yeah. There, there do seem to be some really fun characters so far this season. I'm pretty excited about where this will go. Okay. Give me some more standouts. Who else did you care for? <sighs> well, now now you're putting me in. Uh, no, I put in, you on uh, the spot. Yeah, on the spot. Um, I liked Allie a lot. Okay. Why, yeah. What did she do that you uh, felt like that? I she know, was, she just was funny, stuff. and you know she's strategic. I guess she like I thought the way she approached Patrick was uh, was pretty good. Yeah, and she's a celebrity assistant to a YouTube. Uh, yes, Glozell. Oh, okay. So that's a, that's a fun job. I haven't seen that yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. Does she think she knows? Assistant? Does she knows? Ma- you think she knows Mari from like the YouTube world? <laughs> I don't uh, think it's like that. I don't think it's necessarily you know every single person that's on YouTube uh, if you work for somebody that's on YouTube. Yeah. No, I liked her a lot. I, what, what about you? Who, who are you into? Um, of the people that we haven't uh, talked about yet, I think we've talked about most. Oh, oh Ben is somebody that I feel like that we have oh, not ben, really yeah. given uh, their due just yet. But I felt like that he probably, to me, uh, was like uh, the best player in terms of how that whole situation went down at tribal council. It seemed like that he was somebody that was uh, both sides felt like he was working with them. He didn't come across as sort of like the backstabbing swing vote out of any of it. So Ben, I felt like that was somebody who had potential in the season. I feel like that he really delivered on that, both in terms of being a fun character and playing well through night one. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I felt like Ben had a lot of potential. Uh, you know, we didn't see that much of him, but the little bit we got, it showed he was being, you know, smart with his decision making. And as you said, like he, he's really well positioned on that tribe in terms of being friendly with everybody. You know, nobody's really and, and, and nobody suspects him of anything. If you have questions for Stephen Fishback and I, you can get them into the show. Hashtag RHAP. And uh, we'll see what you guys had to say about everything. Stephen, did you uh, already decide who was getting the fishy tonight? I did. I did, Rob. Uh, it's Ryan. It's Ryan Ulrich. Um, he just, I thought the way he played, you know, hard to award someone on the Heroes Tribe for uh, that kind of that mess. And, you know, somewhat, you know, kind of obvious vote that didn't. Uh, you know, and Christie's decision is is as much as I defended Christie's decision. You certainly could see making the the alternate point that she's got one ally in this game. Why don't you save your ally? You know, and so much of that depends on what her uh, real other relationships are with people uh, on on her tribe. I thought Ryan just you know played his moment with Devin incredibly well. You know, and and as we talked about, you know, giving the idol to, to Chrissy was was uh, on the money. Yeah, I think he convinced me on the Chrissy should not have played the idol on Katrina. How about that? Knowing us know it all. I think that, yes, I guess so. Uh, But just coming around on it in terms of playing that out, you know, uh, that yes, Alan looks like that he could be a potential target moving forward. But just the idea for the group of keeping the two moms together, nothing against moms. I love my mom. Uh, But to have two of them in that group of six, I feel like that that could be too much to bear. Whereas you can keep Chrissy moving forward and she feels like that she can assimilate into the group and she might feel like she has a good relationship with Ben and that she might feel like, eh, you know, maybe that uh, Katrina could be some dead weight. Yeah, and we've seen that before where people who are pairs early get separated and that kind of enables them to work really well. I mean, you, you, you know, you had the Siri example, uh, Malcolm and Angie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. Certainly uh, a different sort of basically exactly the same in every way. 
Exactly the yeah. same in every way. Uh, Stephen, what do you think about the big opening where we were going to have uh, one of the tribes get like a gigantic bonfire? The other tribe gets that sick. bonfire is going to burn through wood so fast. I feel bad for that tribe that had that crazy bonfire. They really had to worry about their wood supply. No, mm-hmm. that was great. I actually yeah, really so- like that. I really like that opening. I like that. You know, it, Survivor when they've played with the have have not question early on, obviously doing it to the extremes that they did it in Fiji was bad, but it is fun to like give one tribe a slight advantage. Does that make the other tribes work harder? Uh, it's always interesting to see. What about marooning? Are you sick of marooning yet? Uh, this guy, I like this. Are you sick of marooning? Are you trying to project your feelings onto me? Uh, I just feel like that. Uh, you've seen one marooning. You've seen them all. I feel like let's just get down. Like uh, let's just get to the camp. I can only speak to what I just saw. And I like the chaos of this moment. I thought that was fun. Yeah. I, I mean, I know that yeah. in Second Chance that you guys were out there, you guys were marooned, and yeah. they, I, I think they had not done a marooning in a while, a while. since then. Yeah. But now every season since then, this is four straight years, uh, four, or, or I guess five straight seasons. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't even remember. Uh, but we've had a lot of maroonings. Yeah, next time we do the Think Tank, we got to come up with other ways to start the show that are not just either like show up in camp or the marooning. There was an interesting one in like the Nicaragua one, right? Where that was like this like crazy hunt through the through the jungle for an idol i think before they even like knew their tribes or something yeah okay well we'll see uh, ultimately uh, if that comes around uh, there's marooning in australian survivor as well so a lot, a lot of marooning going on yeah okay, okay. steven uh who do you think should have gotten the assessi award the worst player of the night <sighs> i mean you got to give it to alan right like who are you gonna give it to you you tell me uh, I think you have to give it to Alan. I mean, Katrina got voted out, but she did not necessarily play poorly in any yeah. way. And nobody else, I think, is in real serious contention. Yeah, I, that's the thing. We didn't see. I mean, there wasn't that was the thing about this episode. There wasn't that much erratic gameplay. You know, I think maybe with the last couple of seasons, we've gotten used to that. Uh, but again, like this is episode one and it's fun. It's fun to see new new people on the show. I, I really like it. Yeah. Uh, Again, uh, that the actual turnout of this episode was, you know, a little ho-hum. But overall, I'm very bullish on the direction of the season. Uh, Let's get into our questions. Uh, Question number one from Jason W. Obviously, fire is critical to camp life. But is it a legit strategy to purposely lose just to scoop up everything from the water? What do you think, Stephen, in terms of the marooning? Should right. you try to uh, grab everything and then say, well, I, we'll get, uh, you know, we'll get fire eventually? I didn't. I, it's, that's an interesting idea. I didn't actually see that closely what was on that ship. Um, a lot of the time they're very perishable goods, you know, like it'll, it'll be like fruit that's going to spoil in a couple of days. So um, it's, it's a tough trade-off. It really depends on specifically what the goods are. I could see that, though. I think probably yes. In fact, I'll say yes, because even if it is just like a ton of fruit, then great. You get a ton of fruit for a couple of days, maybe a week, and like you ultimately get flint, you know, three days later. Yeah, but I think it's not worth it to be the person to say, hey, hey, everybody, look, what does it matter if we get fire or not? You don't want to be that guy. It's a hard sell. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. you don't want to talk to everybody about tanking the first challenge before you get it. Like, it might be one thing if it's returning players and you have people that like, trust me, like, we got this. We got this. Don't worry about all this stuff. But then with new players, uh, you don't want to put that image out there with everybody. Yeah. All right. Uh, We'll see. What does Derek have to say? Derek wants to know, how many times has Rob Sesternino said that heroes won't go to tribal before a swap? All right. Getting called out here, Rob. People can't wait for me to get something wrong. More of these, please. Please, more hot takes. Oh, but if you get anything wrong, we're going to call you out on it. Don't hedge your bets. But if you're wrong, there'll be hell to pay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Stephen, where was all your preseason predictions? You know, I I, may, I, I predicted that the uh, heroes would go and that uh, Katrina would be out first. No, wow. Yeah, yeah, I wrote it down. I got it all on this paper. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Matthew wants to ask, uh, what do you guys think it says about Ryan's gameplay that he gave the idol to the uh, perceptibly weakest player on Levu? And kudos to Matthew for knowing the name of the tribe. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm not. I can't, we can't have that. We can't be calling anything Levu. That is not going to fly here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Steven, should Ryan at some later date Tell Chrissy, uh, hey, remember that idol you got? That was me. Yeah, I think so. I did that. I did I defi- that. Yeah, he definitely should do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, will there be any negative uh, repercussions uh, with Devin down the road telling people that he has that idol or he discovered that idol? Like uh, if, if people say, hey, just so you knew, uh, Ryan had the idol on day one. He didn't tell anybody. I don't, I mean, you know, it's so situational. I, I am going to guess that whatever like day one lie someone says is not going to really haunt them if he gets far enough in the game that it actually matters. I would bet that the advantage of, you know, strengthening his, his bond with, uh, with Devin is, is worth more than the disadvantage of, you know, uh, of any potential fear. There's always a trade off. Every decision you make on Survivor or in life is a trade off. And in this, I think the pros strongly outweigh the cons. Steven, what about Jordan? Jordan wants to know, why would Ryan not try and build a bond with an athletic threat to carry him farther in the game? Well, I believe he did. Yeah. So, I guess, but why wouldn't he? I, I guess we, there's no reason. There's no reason not to. Uh, Steven, I know that <laughs> you did not care for uh, when I tweeted earlier tonight that could Ryan and Devin <laughs> be the new and better Steven Fishback and JT? I got a lot of uh, people responding to me. Yes, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, I don't know about if Devin is better than JT, but definitely <laughs> Ryan seems like he's better than Steven. So it seemed like people were really on to yeah. that idea. It's nice being like the template of a person perfect type of love you know like it's like romeo and juliet it's like all people all these relationships are compared to me and jt and that you know that's that's nice ultimately yes very much that it's like it's it's newer and also better (laughs) no no it's just some like new and improved pale imitation from the people who did it best first Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay uh steven what about shannon uh, Shannon wants to know, uh, not caught up on my pre-survivor with Arhat. It looks like you may have missed the window on that. Uh, sounds like Rob was basically wrong about everything. But so is Patrick a Kennedy. He looks like Joe Kennedy the third. Uh, is that the twist this season? Is Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Bolton, is he a, one of the Kennedys? He does look like a Kennedy. I could see it. Yes, that's the twist. In fact, they're all they're all di- famous dynasties. Everyone. That's like, going to be the big twist. Yeah. Well, one of the interesting things from uh, the preseason stuff that uh, may have been missed by some of the listeners that uh, Josh covered in his first one out series is uh, Stephen, Ali and Patrick know each other from before the game. Oh, that this was not wow. a part of, the, uh, of a twist, but I guess they went to the same college and they lived somewhat near one another. And so when we see them like, okay, I guess I'll work with them. I guess I can trust them. But they do have some sort of prior history in the real world. That has happened before. Uh, yes. And it's bad when it does. I think it's really bad for the show. Did, did How did that get through? Casting really tries to avoid that. Um, and, and you get these things where it 
you have these alliances that are built on a tr- level of trust that don't make sense. Like Laura Moret and Brett knew each other in Samoa. Jo- uh, Joe on my season, who we'll obviously be talking to in Austin, and Aaron <laughs> Lobdell, uh, they had a connection before the game. And it really does affect the decision-making because there's so little trust in Survivor. And, uh, you know, basically a good amount of trust outside Survivor, right? We all have lives where we essentially trust people. Um, so that's I, I, really, I'm really sorry to hear that. That's too bad. I, again, I, I don't know, you know, how well they knew each other, but they at least knew one another. And Allie spoke about it in her interviews. Pre-game. I'm not sure if Patrick uh, spoke about it, if he is somebody that uh, even like uh, recognizes her from anything, but she seems to know him. Yeah, that's too bad. Um, okay. what, what, so Eric Stein says, absolutely despise this forced super idol, unnecessarily manufactured producer nonsense. Just let them play. What okay, is let's talk about this because yeah. Eric Stein is somebody uh, and he is a consultant on reality TV shows so that I respect his judgment almost more than any other person, maybe present company excluded. <laughs> Steven, that, do you feel like that? Cause I went into this. I felt like that this was a good idea. Do you feel like this day one idol was a potentially bad idea from a gameplay perspective i mean i get the idea that it you know having an idol that is 100 going to that first tribal council right like that because ryan has to pass it to the losing tribe so that idol no matter what is going to be at that first tribal council gives someone the, the the option to save the weakest player uh there's a good chance it will be in the weakest player's uh pocket given that the person who chooses does you know as ryan did is somewhat going to like probably choose that person um I see the problem there, but I feel like we, at this point in, in reality TV history, and certainly, you know, with Survivor as well, I, I, there's so been so many different advantages and twists and things like this didn't actually trigger me in the way that they used to. What, what about you? So a couple of things uh, with this that they did avoid a disaster while ultimately this turned out to be, you know, just like a, uh, you know, flatulence in the wind, Stephen. Uh, it just comes and goes. <laughs> I feel like that they did dodge that worst case scenario where somebody that we're talking about it potentially like, uh, you know, for let's say the mom squad had like two votes on Ben. And then here's somebody who we're talking about, potentially somebody who's going to be an end game, uh, great character in this show, potentially. And then he goes out at a first tribal council. And what did he do wrong? Well, there was a twist in the game. And then the person who would have been voted out first ended up picking you arbitrarily and you end up getting voted out. Uh, so, I would like uh, that. I like the idea of it having it in there. I feel like it gives it some juice for night one in a tribal council. But I wonder if maybe we should go back to the idea of at the marooning. It's like, hey, there's a necklace over there. And if somebody wants to, you know, uh, go and, and like climb up to the crow's nest of this ship and get the right. immunity necklace that's up there, the rest of your tribe is going to be throwing all of the produce into the ocean. You could, you're going to be missing out on that. But if you feel like climbing this ladder and going up there and getting this idol in front of everybody, you'll have an idol uh, to start off the game. Like, I feel like that maybe if there's like some consequence to somebody having that early where we had this in Big Brother. Uh, in the beginning of the season where there was like a thing where you could have thrown the first challenge to be immune for the first vote. I think that that's something that could be more interesting where there's some consequence as opposed to injecting randomness into it. 
right? Make it some kind of strategic choice for the person. I mean, on the other hand, like the the idol in the crow's nest, like favors the brash, physically fit person, whereas this maybe is going to favor the more perceptive, uh, less brash person, and is going to ultimately favor the weaker physically players, uh, which you know I I don't think is necessarily a bad thing since they're at a disadvantage as it is. Do you think what what would have happened if Ryan had just not seen it? Would we have never even heard about the idol? Would like, would like, it just have never entered the game and they would have never even mentioned it in the press because it just went nowhere? Like, do you think there's like 60 different, like random idols hidden in de- different places throughout the season and only the ones that people find are the ones we ever even hear about? Well, no, because then the multiple could be found and then that would be a no. Because somebody was going to find that. I mean, it was not like, you know, hidden in a secret compartment in the boat yeah. or anything like that. So, like, of these 18 survivors, they probably would have just kept them like, Jeff doesn't ring the bell until somebody finds that thing. Like they would have been on there for like three hours and it's yeah. like, okay, well, Jeff's not no, going to ring that Trader Joe's bell until something, uh, somebody finds it. That's probably what they were thinking. That's the fail safe. Yeah. Okay. That's probably that's Scott. Scott Schieffer says, uh, anytime you have to say, I'm not crazy. You are. Is Alan the new <laughs> Debbie? Could he be this season's Debbie, Stephen? I mean, this is a far cry from what Debbie was doing. You know, Alan had a paranoid moment. Uh, and, you know, he's not like making things. I mean, not that Debbie ever made anything up, but he's not maybe making things. Well, he's making up the fact. Well, no is the answer. There's different types of erratic behavior. Not all erratic behavior is Debbie. Yeah. And he did seem, though, to not have an erratic moment. It did feel like that even following that initial confrontation with JP and Ashley, he was out on them, even though it looked like that they did not have the idol to the point where then he was ready to flip sides and then work with the mom squad. The thing is, like, this is 72 hours and we're seeing, like, you're, of course, going to see the moment that he blows up, you know? Ben... Ben says, right, Ben says, who we're using as our model of uh, good gameplay over there in the Heroes Tribe, like, it's me and Alan in the middle, and we're going to decide which way to go. Uh, clearly, Alan is not just, like, running around the island forcing people to strip. You know, clearly, this was, like, one extreme moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Hopefully, when we get to see the secret scenes and anything else that we get from CBS, uh, maybe we'll have some more uh, information about what was really going on there. Steven, uh, what about Jennifer? Yeah, Jennifer asks, would it be a, put a bigger target on Chrissy if she used the idol or has she missed a major opportunity to have more allies? Well, that's sort of what we were talking about before. Yeah, and I think that uh, while she would have one ally, yeah, I do think that there is a downside. She also comes across as sneaky as the kind of person the other who's thing. willing to play an idol on night one and blindside the group. Yes, she pisses off the whole rest of the group who then like see her as you know someone who she, she kept the secret, she betrayed them. Uh, I, I think the downsides for her are much higher uh, than, than, you know, it's because it's not like she had like some strong other alliance that just needed one, you know, one vote to, to get the numbers or anything like that. Okay. And also maybe she, who knows how she really feels about Katrina. Like, yes, they've bonded because they're both, you know, women of, of this basically the same age, but they, they may not even like get along that great. That's possible. Uh, this is from Chris. I feel that the fear of so-called power couples on Survivor is overblown. It's a much bigger deal on Big Brother. Uh, Stephen Fishback doesn't watch Big Brother, so I could tell you that. I believe you. What was you. the last power couple on Survivor that really made an impact? Oh, JT and Steven. 
<laughs> right. Um, the really the, uh, well, how about this, Stephen? Is yeah. the romantic power couple uh, feared more irrationally than sh- they should be on Survivor? I think like in the beginning, it, it used to be like in the beginning, you're finding you would look for reasons to target people. Now it seems like in the beginning, you're like finding things to freak out about, you know, and like whether it's like I'm terribly paranoid that these people have the idol or that these people may be a power couple. I think that's like that's what it is, right? It's like people are finding things to be nervous about. What about JP and Ashley? Are you buying them as a romantic couple? Do you think that that has been overblown? That's overblown, right? They're probably a little bit flirty, um, but it, I, I can't. It doesn't, you know, just because you're like a little bit chatty with someone, right? Like we're chatty. Yeah, but not like that. Well, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. I've never seen you naked. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. I guess that's true. God knows how many idols you're hiding. <laughs> so think about that. Yeah. All right. And then Clayton and Edmo uh, weighed in to say, uh, Clayton wants it on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a grenade in the face, 10 being a nuclear missile. How bad is Alan's social game? And Edmo is asking, what happened to Alan? Was he just hangry already? Do you think that Alan being hangry was a factor? We've definitely seen this before when muscular men like yeah. ourselves go out there and play Survivor, <laughs> that it's one of the first things that, you know, you could be a little irritable. Yeah, that's probably part of it. I mean, it's a pretty extreme deprivation, you know, de- you know, deprivation going from eating something to eating nothing. Um, so that's that's probably uh, uh, part of it. Uh, what about Johnny De Silvera? Johnny wants to know: Does Alan remind you too of Jeff Kent at all? Jeff Kent was way too paranoid during Philippines. What do you think, Rob? Jeff Kent, while he had a good hate into Penner, which was, uh, you know, I, I just don't get in any way. But he never lost his cool, Jeff Kent. He was just like, yeah. well, you know, I don't know this guy, this guy Penner. I don't trust him. I don't want him around here. And Penner's like, "What did I do, Jeff Kent?" So <laughs> I don't think that I, I don't see a Johnny Swearer. You know what I what I liked about Alan though was we didn't have that scene that we always get when we have professional athletes on the show, which are like, uh, you know, hey, I kind of recognize you from, oh, yeah, yeah, that is me, that is me. You know, like there's always that moment on the in the in the premiere. Stephen, I, I know you're not a big fan of the National Football League. Well, see, that's but- what I was going to ask you. I, that was my follow up question. Like, should people recognize him? With all due respect to uh, Mr. Ball, that he, uh, I do not believe, unless you are a you know diehard fan of the teams that he was on, uh, that he is not a national figure in terms of being a uh, a former football player. He's so, no John Rocker. So I could definitely see somebody saying to him, "Hey, did you play ball, that, or you're, or, or are you ball? Uh, but did you did you play football?" <laughs> and he says that he was going to say he was a personal trainer, but I, I, I do not believe that he is a recognizable figure from football. Got it. Okay. Okay. Unless you were like you lived and died with the teams that he was on. I see. Okay. Uh, let's do one or two more questions. All right. Megan Steven. wants to know, was this the most misleading edit ever? Big to do about Alan and the super idol and Alan got no votes and the super white idol wasn't even played. Yeah. Steven, I would not have picked Chrissy as being the person who was going to go home at that tribal council. Oh, sorry, and you were correct. Sorry. Oh, yes. Uh, I agree. I was surprised. Although, you know, it's a th- it's the pr- it was a short premiere, right? It was a four it was a hour long premiere. Uh, in the past we've had hour and a half or even two hour, I think, right? Episodes. So there was a lot to get it in and you know, I don't mind maybe glancing over a little bit the person who is the uh 
who we have no reason to invest ourselves in anymore. In fact, I would say that I feel like that Katrina might have gotten less airtime than maybe any other first boot that I can remember. Is that is that true? I mean, I, we'd have to go through it. And I'm sure that there are experts on Reddit and all sorts of other places that could uh, give us the answer to that. But in terms of number of confessionals for a first boot, that uh, she has to probably be uh, certainly in the top, in the bottom 10 and maybe bottom five. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's a lot, it's hard because it's like, you know, again, it's, it's sure. Yeah. Also, you know, one hour Short. episode as opposed to yeah. two hour episodes or 90 minute episodes. But I think that this was the first one hour premiere, maybe since Survivor One World, am I saying? Yeah. It's, it's uh, been a interesting. while. Interesting. Also, that was a medevac in the, uh, in the first boot. So, um, very, you know, I think, I think that maybe this does coincide with, you know, how much there is in the first three days and the episode length. Courtney Moon, what might have been? What might have been? All right, and her. finally, Mark Douglas wants to know, know it all's question, since Chrissy didn't play her idol, do you think that she can play it as a fake idol now? What do you yes, think is the likely definitely. Yes, you, that I think is the advantage of this thing. I'm sure that's what production is going for. Now there is an idol in this game that looks exactly like an idol because it was one, but is not one anymore. Okay. You don't think that they would take it away from her in terms of like, okay, well, this is null and void now. This looks too much. This is like counterfeit. No, uh, no I, they want that, right? They, they they had like that idol making kit as one of the things that Debbie could have got on that, you know, from, from Cochrane. This is a good um, question. This is a good question for Chrissy at the point that we do some sort of whether she wins the game or she gets voted out when we do exit press with Chrissy. Somebody remind me to ask her that question. I, I bet we find out before uh, sooner than uh, than than that because yeah, I bet sure. that it does come come up. This is something that Scott is showing us. Uh, okay, so this is from the pregame interview that Jeff Probst did with Josh Wiggler. Alex Wilpin. Oh, here you uh, go. Points out, this idol is only good tonight, and guess what? It's a super idol, which means you're in charge. You're in charge of tonight's tribal. You're the only person who knows it. You could play it for somebody, or you could watch somebody go home. You could play it for yourself, or you cannot play it, keep it, and only you and the sender. Well, no, it has uh, no power. It has no power, and it looks cool. Okay, so uh, so, so, may- so with- maybe you can get some power by bluffing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. I just okay, uh, Scott. Can we just go back? I just want to read that last line one more. One no, that's more what time. it said. So that maybe you can get some power by bluffing people. Uh, so you can keep it, uh, or or you cannot play it, keep it, and only you and the sender will know that it has no power and it looks cool. Okay. So uh, okay, interesting to know. All right. Yeah. So there you go. Not so. Basically, I was right about that, that too. Okay. It's well, really, it's Steven, been a big episode. For me. Don't, big don't uh, strain yourself patting yourself on the back <laughs> after night one of Survivor. No well, you know, I don't get any kudos from you, Rob. If you said nicer things, maybe I wouldn't have to praise myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a lot of stuff uh, coming up here in the next few days. Uh, if you've missed our preseason coverage, so uh, we're going to be uh, doing the schedule a little bit differently this fall. I will have my exit interview tomorrow with Katrina, and then I will have my interview with Ethan Zahn coming up for you guys on Friday. Normally, in the past, I have recorded the voicemail like back-to-back with the interview, but this season, I'm going to be uh, doing it a little bit later in the rundown. And you guys will have that voicemail show on Monday, which means that you guys have up until about Saturday to get your voicemails into the show at robhasawebsite.com slash voicemail. So uh, looking forward to having a little bit more time to prep for that show. And then the Wiggle Room will be on Tuesdays when Josh Wiggler and I will talk often with guests this season 
Nation. And then David Bloomberg's Why Blank Lost is moving to reality TV Rehap Ops, where he will be talking with Jessica Lewis every week from Millennials versus Gen X about everything going on and why Katrina Lost will be that first entry coming up at the end of this Survivor Week. So I think probably Monday or Tuesday for that. And don't miss the first episode of the RHAP BNB with Mike Bloom and Liana Boris also on the reality TV rehab ups and in our survivor feed. It's Hollywood game night meets survivor. Steven, am I, did I lose you? No, I'm here. I'm here. I, I'm, I'm really, I just wanted to say, I'm so excited for that. Jessica is podcasting. She's such a fan of the show. Uh, in addition to obviously having, played a very strong game while she was on the show. I'm really, I'm really thrilled to, uh, I'm really looking forward to listening to her. Okay. And come on out and see Stephen Fishback and I this fall. We got a bunch of shows uh, coming up. And then also this, I'm not even going to acknowledge that. And then th- on Thursday, <laughs> uh, if you're in the LA area, we're going to play the Survivor Match game. I'm really looking forward to that. Any excuse I ha- can take to uh, pretend to be a game show host for a night is always exciting in my book. Go to robaswebsite.com slash match game for tickets for that and And then uh, that should be a fun night. And we're going to start to uh, plan uh, what we're going to do after that show as well. Rob is website.com slash match game. Uh, Some other stuff coming up on the Rob as a website. Uh, Taryn show. Talk to Matt Eisman. Uh, You watch American Ninja Warrior, Steven? I don't. Okay. He is uh, the host of American Ninja Warrior and the Celebrity Apprentice Uh, on News AF uh, that, uh, you know, Tom Brady. Do you know that he drinks two and a half gallons of water a day and doesn't get sunburned? I did not. Yeah, that's a thing. Wow. Um, also, uh, so you think you can dance? Uh, check that out. The season finale recap, and then oh, for Australian Survivor. But uh, Stephen, you picked the wrong season to stop watching Australian Survivor. I know. I, everyone has loved this season, and someday when I when I have run out of other things to do, I will I will watch it. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I, Nick Yadanza, he has everything going on on our Australian Survivor feed. And then, of course, uh, Ethan's on coming tomorrow to the podcast. So excited for that, Stephen Fishback. Make sure you subscribe to everybody. Rob has a website.com slash iTunes as we kick things off. And we really do appreciate your feedback and your star ratings at the start of the season because it helps more and more people find the show. That's at Rob has a website.com slash iTunes. Stephen, anything else? I feel like that we uh, got off to a fast start tonight no this was good this was you know you accused me in one of your little videos of becoming in too hot to these to these uh you know these podcasts he's like, it comes in hot you know i'm sorry that i'm not like low energy rob sesternino over here but you know not i try, low to, energy. try to bring even some, keel uh, even keel <laughs> all right well steady this, Eddie. Was, this was great this was fun i'm looking forward i mean you know it it does make it you know obviously when it's game changers and like it's got tony and he's building a spy bunker in the premiere he comes you know, in hot too there's a lot to talk about i i'm it's hot over here. I'm like sweating. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's like it's boiling in here and I can't turn the fan on because it's too loud. Um, right. Okay. It's too much information. But, but you know, so there's a little bit less to talk about with this episode, uh, just given that it's new players. But I, I've got high hopes. My only concern, Rob, and I will say this, is that Jeff has said it's a great finale. You know, when everyone's like, what are you excited for? It's oh, one of the greatest finales, which to me kind of is like, is he saying like, there's not that much great before the, like, like keep, stay tuned because it gets better. <laughs> Hang in but, there. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I, I think it's going to be good. I'm excited about this. And once again, if you are one of the players on the show and you're listening to this right now, my God, stop. What are you doing? Stay off the internet. Don't listen to any of this. Don't read the 
the feedback. Don't read the comments. We're getting it wrong. You shouldn't believe any of this. And uh, uh, go be with your loved ones. <laughs> well, we didn't come for anybody tonight. No, but I, I just like I know I know. And both from having been on the other end of it and getting people's you know, things. It's like you didn't know that the reason I said like some trivial thing, like we'll set some off. You did not right. see that Look, the reason I said that we a- are trying to piece together. We don't have all the answers right. and uh, that, you know, we talk about things and they're like, oh, yeah, we were totally wrong last week when we said that. So you, that the players don't need to kill us. OK, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Steven, do you have a hashtag for tonight? Oh my God! No, no, do you? <laughs> Hashtag uh, Stephen was right. No, no, no. That, that, I, I don't like that because I was joking, and people are going to think I was like serious. Um, I mean, I was right. Uh, well, you, you come. Anything else? Anything else? Hashtag Survivor Kia to start oh, off. Oh, I the like season. it. That's and a that classic. Is... It's for the tenth anniversary. Wait, where's the special guests? Oh, they're coming. They're coming. I'll have one every Thursday this season to celebrate the five-year anniversary of Survivor Know-It-Alls. Thanks so much to Scott St. Pierre behind the scenes. Take care, everybody. Good night. Bye. Bye. Survivor Know-It-Alls.